Hey there, everybody. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. We are super excited that you're here with us. We really appreciate your time and energy you're putting into Todd Versations presented by TLC. I'm very excited today to have my guest with me. Please, everybody, give it up to this lovely lady sitting next to me right here, Karen Nardotza. You said, said it right. right? I said hey! it right. Let's just, <laughs> let's just clear the air right now. Let's just, we're going to get into that. We're going to clear the air right now. I have been friends with you for a long time and I have said your name wrong. And so has everybody on this planet has said your name wrong <laughs> for existence. Tell me the story of how, I, literally, I'm shocked. Nardotsa, say, say Nard tell the story. Nardotsa, and I answer to anything close because I know it's not, you know, it doesn't just roll off the tongue uh, normally. And uh, yeah, it's a... My last name is Italian, and I am an only child of an only child. And so that name stops here. Uh, and my grandfather, who lived with us uh, while I was in high school, used to tell me stories about how it always sort of bothered him that our last name became Americanized, Americanized. and we lost that part of our culture. Uh, so growing up, I was Karen Nardoza. My mom and dad are Tony and Diane Nardoza. Uh, but when I went off to college, I'm like, I have an opportunity to pay homage to my grandfather and to my Italian roots. And so I changed the pronunciation to its correct Italian pronunciation, which Love is Nardozza. So, so I, and, and I can relate because my family did the same thing when they came over here, right? They, they changed our name drastically. Yeah. And um, it, originally it was Cheslinski and I never knew that. They dropped oh. that and they changed the, and they changed the I to a what? And you know why, you know why Polish names end in SKI? Because we can't spell toboggan. So, <laughs> so, anyways, all right, I'm sorry. Enough with the name. I, I, you know, <laughs> I am so excited to have you here today and, and to talk about Moxie and what you do. Um, I'm literally, I'm as fired up as a fifth grader with the National Geographic right now to talk about oh stuff God. with you. I really am. I, I am such a fan of yours. I am a fanboy. I'm not going to lie. Um, you have taught me, you have taught me so much above and beyond playing in the space where you've taught me a lot about being a person. And um, that's something that inspires me. So to have you here to share is it really touches my heart. I'm excited. I got a lot of questions. I hope you're fired up. But before we do it, this this is an odd, this is not an odd broadcast, but we do have a special guest that's hanging out with us today. And would you mind just sharing who's over your shoulder? <laughs> this little guy, this little green guy behind me, his name is Haley. He's a yellow-naped Amazon parrot, and he's about 35 years old. I'm his second owner, so I don't know. You know he, he's a rescue parrot. Uh, and so I've had him for 32, 33 years. And uh, yeah, he. and when I adopted him, I didn't know that parrots like him can have a human lifespan. So this little guy is probably going to outlive me. He's in my he's in my estate plan and has a place to go if something happens um, to me. But yeah, he's my little green feathered companion for life. He's, he's awesome. I love him. And he's great when he starts talking. So hopefully he does. Hopefully yeah, and, and, and he might fall off his perch. Or gosh, I mean, you can never predict well, what he's going to say. <laughs> we've all fallen off the perch, girl. We have all fallen off the perch. Let's get like I want to get started because I, I, I am so excited to share you with everybody and who you are and stuff because mm -hmm. I, this is what I love about this format is being able to to get you know a little bit in the weeds and talk a little bit and have some fun mm -hmm. and share so let's start right off let's get people up to speed you know a, a little bit about you first off if you wouldn't mind just give us a brief little bio who you are what you're about and, and introduce yourself to everybody and then we'll get into what the business is doing and I got a bunch of really cool questions about other stuff too 
Nothing complicated, I promise. It's too late in the day for that. No, no worries. Um, so, I mean, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Karen Nardalta. I'm the president and CEO and founder of Moxie Marketing. And uh, Moxie is a full service marketing agency that specializes in the fresh food space. We help build brands and businesses in agriculture, fresh produce, um, farming and ranching, uh, aquaculture, and really anything fresh. Uh, and, and actually anything that grows, we've worked in cannabis, we've worked in lumber. Uh, so we're very well connected throughout the supply chain, but mostly in fresh produce. That's where most people right. know, know us and love us is in fresh. Well, absolutely. And, and you guys do such a great job. So tell us a little bit, how did Moxie come to being? I mean, how did it all, what's the, what's the, what's, what's the story? Well, you know, in all honesty, Moxie came about from a little bit of frustration. I had a previous agency with a business partner and I branched off <laughs> to do my own thing. And within a couple of months, clients had joined me. Um, other people in the industry had approached me about partnering up. And so the agency that has now evolved into Moxie um, was born uh, sort of against my will. <laughs> you know, but, but I love every second of it, and I love the collaboration and the partnerships that have come over the last 15 years. Well, you've got such a great team. I mean, you've got such a, you, you create such a great environment, which I want to talk about a little bit more in detail, you know, in, in a bit as well. But what's the story behind the name Moxie? Because it's just not, you know, I mean, I understand, you know, you've defined Moxie, I get what it is, but it's yeah, just, it's yeah. kind of cool. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, we used our own branding process on ourselves. And you know, the, the definition, of my, I actually pulled it up so that I could do a real quick. Um, energy and pep, courage and determination, and know-how. So smarts. And so those are sort of the three uh, highlights of what the word M-O-X-I-E stands for. And so when we were thinking of a name for the business, which started out as Nardotza Marketing, and that was, well, I always hated they would have screwed that up. It would have been all over the board. You would end up in like Jones marketing by the end of it. Oh, horrible, horribly uncreative, right? Horribly. Un but remember, I was going to be a solopreneur. I wasn't going to market myself. Um, so when we, we used our own process on ourselves, it was what do we value? What, what are the attributes that really encompass who we are? as a group, as a team, and being bold, being different, uh, being smart, mm -hmm. uh, not just creativity for the sake of being creative, but um, being risk takers and encouraging our clients and our partners to be risk takers. The word moxie seems to and capture all, you know, capture all of that. And we loved the word. We didn't love the way it was spelled. So we came up with our own unique spelling. Nothing uh, wrong with that. Well, welcome, welcome, to the, welcome to the new world. We have and the have X factor in our name. I love it. <laughs> yeah. We get that's compliments on the name all the time too. So it feels good. It feels we've made the right choice. Well, it's a great origin story. And I love I love the fact that you you put yourself through exactly what you put your clients through the process. And I want to talk about that a little bit. So we kind of you know, you kind of framed up a little bit what Moxie is, but tell more specifically about what you guys actually do and, and lean into that that okay. process that you guys go through. Because I think it's I think it's very unique and I think it's super important when you when people are looking at um, becoming more creative with their brands or looking to grow or looking for somebody to lean on for advice or just to, to, to move forward, I think the process that you go through is extremely important. I'm a big believer that you, know, you can never get to the top unless you put your foot on the very bottom of the ladder first and you work your way up. Some steps may go faster, but the very first one is by far the most important one you'll ever take when you start that climb up. So I'd love for you to share a little bit on that. Well, thank you. Thanks for asking. I We're 
we're best as a partner to our clients. I mean, we can do a project here or a project there, but honestly, there have been times where we've just declined if we think it's just going to be one project, not because we can't do it or don't want to help. It's just that we know that we're, we're really good at partnering with our clients and filling in the gaps when they are over capacity and need support with capacity or don't have the marketing expertise and know-how in-house. They're not marketers, they're farmers, they're processors, they're, they're produce salespeople, but not necessarily brand builders. And so we augment our clients' teams in a way where we'll plug in and do just about anything. Right. Moxie is very strategically focused. We have award-winning creative, and that is, you know, logo design, website design, a lot of packaging design. We, you know, whether it's cartons or bags or clamshell labels or, or what have you, you know, tags and ties. We do a lot of packaging design, uh, but everything we do is based in strategy and the thoughts that go, you know, goals. We, we help our clients set their goals, put the strategies behind those goals, and then we deliver. And we uh, come prepared to roll up our sleeves and do just about anything. So whether right. it's whether it's a marketing project or an operational project, I think also part of being a small business, we're a team of nine on staff and about five additional freelancers who work with us on a regular basis. And they're practically part of, you know, part of the staff. The family. Right. Sure. Um, we're, we're willing to do just about anything. So whether it's copywriting, we've worked on food safety recall plans. We've worked on business plans. It doesn't necessarily, just need to be marketing projects we're willing to do just about anything to be a good partner but i think that to your point how do you be a partner right and you've got to find wh where's the need where's the need where's the want mm -hmm. and how can you fix it and i know you know you said something earlier about passing on projects because it doesn't feel right it's not a good fit and that's really an interesting part about getting your perspective into the equation because so many decisions that we make in a business somehow, some way, always pertain back to a strategy of how you're going to say it outwardly or how you're going to market it or how you're going to do it. How are we going to help us sell that? Mm -hmm. You know, so to have you guys involved in that full, uh, you know, that pull through process, I think is really, really important. What's some of the like, <clears throat> some of the biggest misconceptions you see out there when it comes to marketing firms? Because people always, you know, I always hear it's like, oh, I know I don't want to spend the money and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, we can just do it ourselves. And We've got a Sharpie, you know, we can make stick figures and, and it's more than that. And as you've eloquently described, and so what are some of those misconceptions that you think are, you know, kind of blow your mind a little bit? This episode of Toddversations is brought to you by Desbury Tropical Avocados, family owned and operated growers and distributors of the very finest tropical avocados and produce. Oh gosh, how much time do we have? <laughs> no time in the world. Uh, I mean, we may have to switch. We may switch to cocktails if we go forever, but I have no problem with that either. So it's no big deal. Who says we're not having cocktails right now? I didn't say. I said we may switch. I didn't say we weren't. <laughs> I think one of the primary ways that uh, our clients have misconceptions about marketing in general is not understanding the technical aspect that goes into marketing. So yeah. almost anybody can make something look pretty in Photoshop or Illustrator or InDesign, any of the graphic design softwares out there. And now there's so many softwares that make especially social media posts so quick and easy. There's templates for everything that doesn't make the artwork producible. So um, 
we hang our hat on creating producible work. So that means that the files that we build, whether that's for packaging or ad designs or brochures, they get turned over to the vendor, the print vendor, the, the, the media publication, and it's producible work. It's going to reproduce exactly in print the way we concepted it to be on the design side. And that is not that is not always the way it goes. I mean, oh. if we've heard from packaging suppliers all the time that they get packaging design files from another agency and they have to rebuild them from scratch. And that takes time and that takes extra money. And yeah. God only knows what else is going to be wrong on that package file, you know, besides the fact that it wasn't built to spec and hasn't been built to be producible. So we have a team of um, packaging design experts, but we apply, we apply that philosophy across everything we do. It's... Sure. It, when when people come on board, and we're going to get to this a little bit later, I think when we talk about, um, you know, the, the advice I'd give to younger marketers is, is people come on board with marketing background. Like most of the people that we hire have either done a marketing internship or have some marketing experience before they come on board at Moxie. Mm-hmm. And one of the first speeches I give them when they're interviewing or when they start is, I don't care if you were the quarterback or the pitcher for, for your college team. Um, you're playing at the, in the NFL now, and you're going to probably quickly learn that you don't know anything. And that's okay. We're going to teach you. Um, but sometimes we have to help them unlearn everything that they thought they knew to be able to play at the level that we expect to deliver the quality work and the quality service that we, that we demand. But that's not the question you ask. What you ask oh. conceptions uh, and I think that besides that the work needs to be producible, it's that anybody with a college degree or degree in English or can, doesn't, it, it's not a birthright. But it, this is a, it, it's, it's not like being a CPA or a lawyer, but working in marketing and doing it well and actually delivering a return on investment to your clients means thinking strategically and not just creatively. So there has to be, it's only creative if it sells, you know, it's only creative if it works, it has to work. And so putting out messaging that that something that you want to say rather than what the target audience needs to hear, what the target audience needs to see, what's going to move their mindset from where they are now from point A to point B takes a lot of thought and planning. It's not something that you just sit down and knock out in 30 minutes. It takes collaboration and it takes thought and it takes strategy. 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 100% strategy. It's 100% strategy. It's harder than it looks, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I I agree with that, right? I mean, you know, it's like purpose and strategy. You, You can't, you can't, start a strategy to find your purpose. You have to have a purpose to create your strategy, right? Absolutely. And so that's where that conversation goes to. So let's talk a little bit about um, some trends that are out there today when it comes to stuff, especially around COVID, right? Because our whole world, the whole thing has changed, right? The whole world has changed in the last, I don't even know, what is this, like the 300th day of March, 2020? I don't even know what day this is anymore. <laughs> I mean, but nonetheless, day of March, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, nonetheless, it's like, you know, it, it has changed. So, you yeah. know, how has that changed you guys as far as your outward thinking, I guess, with some of your strategies and stuff now? You know, the digital acceleration has been mind boggling. And uh, I mean, we've been watching the digital trends for decades anyway, but right. seeing how 
uh, you know, people who weren't digital natives are adopting digital technology, not just in their marketing, but in their everyday lives, right? Like shopping online. Uh, people who shop decided that they were going to begin using Instacart or whatever online platform because of the pandemic have now decided, hey, this is convenient. Hey, this right. is time. In some cases, hey, this introduces me to brands that I wasn't able to get at my, you know, at, at my store otherwise. So mm -hmm. the digital transformation has been exciting. Uh, and so we are leaning into that. I mean, we've always been uh, good at, at digital, but we're taking inspiration Rip. from everybody else's new adoption and running with it. So and of what, course, what, my staff loves that. They're so, what, they're so happy. <laughs> well, but, yeah, but, you, but you, you know, I mean, look, you're a marketing company, right? Which means you constantly evolve. Always. Right? Mark, right. So, you know, yesterday only happened once, right? And today and tomorrow is not going to happen until tomorrow. And that evolution is a part of that process. So has any of those things kind of, you know, with what you just said, how have your ideas changed a little bit? I mean, just to touch on the digital part of all that stuff. I mean, something that you thought of maybe three years ago yeah. that you're not now, it's like, oh, shit, now it's a whole new revelation. I wouldn't say it's a whole new revelation, but I've really been um, challenging myself with my own perceptions about digital media and how I consume media in general and how that applies to the greater, you know, the world, you know, right. and all the target audiences who we, who we have to help our clients influence. And, you know, I've, I've been of the personal mindset that I just can't do one more platform, you know, it, whether, I was a slow adopter when Facebook first came out. I think my husband was like, hey, we should do this. And I was like, no, I don't know. That's just going to be a slippery slope. Once, once I'm on, God, there, yeah. there's no going back. So right. I, was, I was resistant. Um, and then with each new platform that comes out, I find myself being in that mindset personally. Professionally, I find it extremely exciting. So, you know, from Instagram to Snapchat to TikTok, I am, if I could get a couple of my clients doing TikTok videos on a regular basis, I know that they would see the needle move, but most of the CEOs are looking at even Instagram and thinking this is a waste of time. In most cases, no offense to interns, but in most cases, because they've got an intern doing it who hasn't been advised on what the strategy is and how, you know, Instagram fits into the overall messaging platform and, you know, how to utilize it. So, uh, you know, I, I've definitely been thinking about my own biases and how I consume media and how all of the different generations consume media. Yeah. We did a study in conjunction with Category Partners a little over a year ago, a survey of 2000 consumers about how they shop for fresh produce. And we put a series of questions in there about where they get ideas about where to buy fresh produce, what to buy, what to make. And we found all of their answers fascinating. We're getting ready to do our next um, iteration and refresh the survey and send it out again. So we'll have new information for everybody probably by January. And really looking forward to what, what has changed over the course of a year. Awesome. Survey, survey respondents have to say. That's, that's, you know, the whole digital thing is just crazy, right? And then you're talking to a guy whose VCR still flashes 12. So I'm, I'm kind of in that space of like, ah. For me, but yeah, it's just, you know, and I get it. And, and I look, I teach people, I tell people all the time, you got to do it. You got to be a part of it. Right. You got to. So, yeah. I mean, it, it is crash. what it is. Yeah. It's, it is a part crash. of, it's a part of what we're doing. And, 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 you know, and there's platforms 
if there's anything that's going to come out of COVID is the fact that there's a lot of smart people that have been sitting around and, you know, in their garage coming up with these new ideas that are going to have these new Facebook plus, or these new platforms are going to come out just the way, you know, TikTok came out, boom, that was hot for the day. And then the next thing's going to come. So it's going to keep evolving, I would imagine, you know, and continuing to drive data, which is what it's all about anyways, is driving that data back because we're now a database world. Yep. And I mean, besides the data, I love the immediacy of it. And so for our industry where everything is perishable and you know, every day on the farm looks different, it's a wonderful way to be able to connect consumers to what's happening on the farm. And consumers right. often say they want to know where their food comes from. At least some do. Others just are you know, happy thinking that it has just arrived at their grocery store. But, you know, for those who really want to know where their food comes from, the social media platforms, especially with the video, with reels and stories and everything in the video format is such a fantastic way for fresh food companies to tell the story about where the food does come from. Right. Well, people want to know. We're in a business that people want to know. People care where their food comes from. And the more and more things change out there um, and the more and more concerns we have around our food, which, you know, don't get me on my soapbox about the positive cost of food, which I have to want to say every time I possibly can. You should. Yeah, well, people want to know. People need yeah. to know. People need to invest in that because the fact that we haven't invested energy in the positive cost of food is the reason why we have some of the issues we're facing today. Yep. Right. Just, the one thing, the one thing on this planet we should not make cheap is our food. I know. Right. Maybe it's, you know, I just think it's crazy. I want to shift gears a little bit away from Moxie's business and marketing because one of the things about you that I dig is you as a leader, and I hope I can pick your brain for a little while on your leadership style and skills and put you really kind of a little bit on the spot, but not too much on the spot. All right. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, 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 you know, how would you define your leadership style? Because you are, you know, you're a, a, a you've got a big company, you're doing a lot of things. You built it from the ground up. You've learned a lot over the years. You've, you've, you've bumped your head, you stubbed a toe and you've run through the finish line a bunch of great times. So share with me a little bit, of, you know, how you define your leadership style today. Oh, today. <laughs> or, period. Not today. But just period. How would you define it? You know, I am not everybody's cup of tea. And I will be the first to admit that. I don't want to be everybody's cup of tea. I am not out there to win any popularity contest. So um, my leadership style is kind of love me or leave me. Uh, and that kind of goes for clients. It goes for staff. It goes for everybody. But Molly Brisenio, who is um, vice president at Moxie and a longtime friend, Molly and I have known each other for decades, says, you know, people misunderstand me. And, um, but at least I mean, what people do know is that at least you always know where you stand with me. Stand. So you know, my leadership, I'm very direct mm -hmm. and unapologetic. And I encourage other people to be the same. You know, don't apologize that we have actually have a policy at Moxie. Don't say you're sorry. People say, I'm sorry all the time over things right. that require no apology or acknowledgement whatsoever. Just go on with your daily life. Don't apologize all the time. Live your life out loud. Have an opinion. Be bold about putting that out there. If somebody doesn't like it, they can either tell you they don't like it or you can have a healthy debate. It can be a respectful debate. It should be a respectful debate. Absolutely. Uh, but you can disagree and still be friends. You can disagree and still be business partners. And, and so I think what makes... Um, I think what makes a strong leader is owning your style, mm. being compassionate, um, helping everybody understand you if you're not a warm and fuzzy person, because that is one of the criticisms that I tend to get is that I'm not a warm, fuzzy person. I'm just kind of direct and you see what, what you see is what you get. Uh, 
But the people who know me and respect me are huge fans. And I, I need that. I need those people around me to help other people understand me. But the moxers on my team, like people know if they're a moxer pretty, pretty soon, like within the first 60 to 90 days, they either love it there or they're like, oh yeah, this isn't for me. Uh, but the people who love it, so required reading for all newbies is five dysfunctions of a team. And the author is Patrick Lencioni. And I saw him speak for the first time at PMA. Oh my gosh, probably like back in 2009, 2010. Right. Um, and he was a great speaker. And I learned about his books and they are required reading because if you're familiar, um, there is a pyramid that he talks about, uh, a mm-hmm. pyramid of, of the, the, that lays out the five dysfunctions. And wow. so at Moxie, we work hard to eliminate those five dysfunctions and have a high performing team that's based on trust, open communication, holding one another accountable, staying focused on results. Uh, and I, that was four of the five. Four of the five. I forgot the right. fifth one. Um, but so I think if you, if you know, to more directly answer your question, Todd, my leadership yeah. style is all about directness and accountability. Yeah. Which is why I asked the question, which is one of the reasons I really like, you know, you is because of that. And because you do know where you stand and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Beating around the bush in your business gets you nowhere. Right. Your time is valuable and your client's time is valuable. So if we're going to dance around, if you're going to dance for three meetings on this, you know, the color blue, nobody wins. Oh, (laughs) no shit. shit. So people hear hear me say is let's get there faster. What's holding us back? What's taking so long? Hundred percent agree. Yeah, and I think it's great, and I appreciate you sharing and being so candid and open about that because it's, it's, it's a good thing, not a bad thing, right? And I think that it, it's and it's proving with what you guys do to be a, a tremendous asset and a tremendous win for you guys to be in the position to uplift people the way that you do. Thank you. By not beating around the bush. So who yeah. helped you shape that though? Where did you get the? Where, you know, where did you get that from? Where you know who shaped yeah. that business mind? Um, I think a lot of it is just part of my, my nature, but I had very encouraging parents. My parents told me from the beginning of time that I could be or do anything that I wanted to be. And I bought that hook, line and sinker. So, uh, you know, while adulting has sort of, uh, given me a different perspective on what I can do would be anything means. I still believe that to a very large degree that if, if I put the energy and the attention and the discipline behind behind that, not just me, but anybody. And we can, I can apply that energy to my clients work, to my team, to build them up. I, you know, I've sort of made myself sound like an asshole here talking about how direct, direct I am and take me or leave me, but that energy goes to my team as well. I encourage, I encourage them for sure to know that you can do or be anything. If you don't, if you lack confidence, let me tell you right now that you can do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Whatever it is that you set your mind to, you can do it. Yeah, I, I don't. I, look, I don't think that you come across that way at all. And if somebody, if that's the way somebody believes, then they don't want to be dealing with somebody that's going to be direct. That's going to win the day, right? I mean, that's just a part of it. You want a candy coat? Well, you know, we're not going to. You know, you don't need a cookie and a pat on the head to go to bed at night, right? Right. That's some of the problems we have. Is that we we live in a world where we try to pat people on the head and give them a cookie. We need to stop because it's not helping us in any way. So I appreciate the candor. I don't think it's. I, I think it's well said, well spoken, and was eloquent with what you presented. 
One of the things that you guys have done way before COVID, which I think is really kind of cool. And I, you know, when you told me you guys are going to do this, I was kind of like, wow, okay, this is kind of, you know, kind of heavy, but you guys are a totally virtual business now, um, which is, and, and you guys have been that way three years, two years now. I mean, it's been end, a while. End of, end of 2019. So December, yeah. like November of 2019, I realized that it was probably going to happen. And we pulled the trigger pretty quick thereafter. And then, yeah, right. by the end of December, 2019, we were, we had no space anymore. No physical right. space. So, so how has that changed your company culture? Because everybody's talking about, right? Yeah, I mean, people, right. companies are now are coming back. They're like, hey, well, let's go virtual. But, right. you know, those cultural decisions are really a challenge. Yep. Well, we're on Zoom with each other all the time. So we, we made the decision because we were traveling all the time. And, and uh-huh. there, were, there were times when the office was practically empty, empty other than one or, or two um, staff members. And that was just not a good use of money. So uh, we went virtual. And, and then we quickly decided, well, how are we going to maintain our creativity, our collaboration, uh, the great quality of work without being with one another day in and day out? Mm-hmm. And so we solved for that first. I mean, putting our files in the cloud and getting them off a physical server and, you know, taking our phones off of their, their void, you know, desk set. That was, that was easy, actually. Sure. The part that we, the whole team brainstormed around was how are we going to maintain our connectivity that is the secret sauce to what we do day in and day out? Absolutely. And so we've baked that into our process. We are very connected on Zoom, on our phones. We have a whole series of here's how to reach people when, you know, when we're in the car, when we're in an airplane, when we're supposed to be sitting at our desks, but might have run to the other room, you know, to get something. So we are all connected to our devices all the time, but we're respectful about it. And anyone at any time can Zoom another Moxer teammate to have a conversation about something because we didn't want to lose. We have moxie ninjas. And it used to be when we were together in a physical office, we would encourage one another to insert yourself. If you overhear something that you have an opinion about or a piece of information about that your teammate doesn't insert yourself, see something, say something. So we're like, how are we going to maintain that when we're not together in the physical space? So we kind of have a ticker tape of conversations going on in chat constantly and everybody kind of monitors that on you know we all have dual monitors so we kind of monitored that on our screen so we're Mm -hmm. still encouraging everyone to insert yourself see something say something even if you're not invited to a meeting if you think that you have something to contribute join don't wait for an invitation do you you know do you feel like you've had cultural benefits though at this point because you know yes you might still be in the same building but you know you can be ships passing in the night in the same building. Yeah. Now yeah. you know you have forced. You really, truthfully, you know, you force more connectivity now right. with your staff. So do you feel like you've got cultural benefit from that? For sure. I mean, for example, we hired one of our um, staffers is Christina Fuentes, and she was our first Miami hire. And she had never worked virtually before. And she was told us after the fact that she was a little bit nervous about how the onboarding process would be, how she would integrate with the team. And she told us after she'd been on board for six months that she had never felt better supported, better trained, or more connected to her teammates. And she was shocked that how mm-hmm. did we accomplish that? And we were like, oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Hey, we did it. But it oh is being available to one another kind of 24-7. I mean, eventually we do shut off and, you know, we'll tell each other, hey, I'm shutting off my devices for the night. 
or for the afternoon and need to focus or I need to focus on this project. So I'm going into do not disturb mode. Right. Um, we call it LMTFA. <laughs> you, hey, we're not explicit, right? You can say that word. I don't give a shit. We have LMTFA time and we put it I on our that. calendar. <laughs> I think that's absolutely right. Hey, now, and, and you brought up Miami, which is, by the way, your backdrop here. I got a little Miami vice going on the backdrop today. Yeah. And I and I dropped and I dropped the globe over here because I thought we'd be the little Mr. Worldwide right now, do a little pit bull oh, thing. Yeah. I thought that'd be kind of a nice little addition. Exactly, a little addition to the Miami <laughs> thing. So one of the areas that I know that's super important to you, and you've touched on it already today, is mentoring. Um, and giving back of yourself, which I think is yeah. what we all should be doing. You know, yeah. as, as we as we learn, we should teach. Um, so, how do you work to mentor or stay? You know, you know, we kind of touched on, it, but culturally informed in this all virtual world. Oh, I don't know that I have a really good answer for that. I think that's part of what we're still trying to figure out. But we do mm -hmm. have regular touch based meetings. Right. Uh, We've been in growth mode with um, bringing new staff on board. So we're having trouble fitting those touch base check-ins, fitting, fitting them in on the calendar. Mm -hmm. But uh, you, you nailed it. I mean, mentorship is incredibly important to me and to everybody on the team and giving personal attention. So, um, for example, we've got a graphic designer who's been with us for about 60 days. Her name is Nicole. And Nicole and I have been planning when we're going to have our first in-person meeting and um, bringing her out to Monterey um, to go to some trade shows out there. We're going to OPS together and she's going to meet the team and hopefully do some field tours and get to see some of our clients live and in person. Um, so in-person time continues to be important. And it's something just because we're virtual, we've, we've built in travel time, you know, keeping safety in mind. I mean, with COVID spiking again, I, I want to be respectful of if people aren't comfortable traveling, we'll take right. that into consideration, but otherwise we're going to continue to get together in live and in person to make sure that those connections stay solid or get built for the long term, and that the mentorship happens. Yeah. You know, I, I believe wholeheartedly in mentorship and mentorship is really teaching in a lot of ways. And, you know, again, giving of yourself, as I said, you know, if you, if you've learned something, teach something. So has COVID done anything for that as far as mentoring? Have you found yourself feeling differently about it based on this new environment that we live in? Or is it, are you still on the same path that you've always been? I think I'm on the same path, but accelerated or, or, or I don't know how you would describe it, but it's, to me, mentorship has become even more important. We've mm -hmm. got a couple of years now where we've all been stuck at home and disconnected physically from one another. So finding ways to give back to my staff, to inspire them, to keep them learning and excited about learning, excited about learning about the fresh produce industry, excited about learning about marketing, personal development, as well as professional development. We talk about all of that a lot, you know, within our Moxie virtual walls. Um, I had shared on my social media that I embarked on you know, gosh, I think about 45 to 60 days ago now on a 30 day program <clears throat> using something called True You Cards. And one of my former graphic designers uh, came up with this system called True You Cards. And he, he has sort of shifted careers and is now doing wellness coaching. And these little cards are 30 days of learning how to um, monitor your thoughts and realize that your thoughts are thoughts. They come and go. They're sometimes based on hormones. They're sometimes based on emotion and they 
They do not define you. And so I have been encouraging my staff to realize that at well, that if you're having a bad day or you're having a great day, um, accept it for what it is in the moment because know that it's fleeting and it's going to pass. And in some instances that might be a welcome realization to have sure. that your, sure. your bad day is not going to last forever or that you have the power to change that. Your thoughts are very powerful. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be positive in the face of adversity. You can choose you can choose to focus on wellness and joy instead of focusing on, I mean, clinical What's depression negative? is a real thing. I'm not trying to say put on a happy face if you've got no, a, no. True, a, a, a true medical issue, but the power of one's thoughts it shouldn't be understated. And I think that that's something worth reminding people about and worth giving them tools to train themselves on, especially during this time when all of us are kind of struggling with, being separated and learning to live in this new disconnected world that we're in. And so I've been giving them out as gifts. I've been giving no, them to my whole staff and to others that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the Google machine and I'm, I'm going to, uh, and check them out and we'll make sure that we give them I'll a shout out. Let me send you a deck. Let me send you a deck. I want to do it. I'll take a deck. All right. I'll you, it's done. You I'll take All a right. deck. All right. I, could, I, I love it. What, you know, as a leader, um, you know, you've evolved, obviously, you know, from where you started to where you are today. It's a whole different world, your whole bits for business. But what's something that you believed in 10 years ago, perhaps, that maybe today you no longer ascribe to? Oh, yeah, I bought the whole the stuff you read in women, well, that you don't, but that I read in women's magazines that you can have it all, you can do it all. Growing up in the 80s and 90s, we were convinced as women that we could have it all, the career, the family, you know, that no, that is complete bullshit. You cannot have it all not, mm. and not have a quality life. You can't, you can't do right. it. And so there's no such thing as balance. Everybody is always out of balance. It's balancing. You know, you can have, you can be doing really well with exercise and then fall off the wagon. It's okay. You can be doing really well with your eating and then you can fall off the wagon and get back on. It's okay. You could be really focused on work for three or four months and make great progress and then need to check out for a while and just coast for a little bit. It's okay. That's all normal. It's all balancing. I love that. What a great, powerful answer. Thank you. That was fantastic. And you're, and, but you're right. You can't, you know, life balance is a really stuff. You know, I, I talked to a guy, we're talking about life balance. And he said, you know, you just can't boil the ocean. You cannot. Right? You no, I've never it's heard that before. A, I love that. You cannot boil such the ocean. A great, yeah. It's such a great quote. You can't boil the ocean. Right. And, and it's very true. And life balance is something I think we take for granted because we feel like if we are not constantly in a forward motion that we're feeling at something as yeah, opposed to that stop. No, that stop pause you know, and chill moment, which I think is very, very important. And I think a lot of times, that, especially in leadership, you get so spun out of control that you don't have perspective anymore on what truly is important. And whether it be your health, nutrition, fitness, getting sleep, taking some time off to chill. I mean, everybody's got to get off the ride eventually, right? right. So I, I appreciate that answer. I appreciate the candidness of that answer. I want to go down the same trail of, you know, perspective from, from 10 years ago. Being a woman today in business, especially in the produce business, is completely different than it was 10 years ago. Can you share a little perspective of then versus now? This episode of Todd Versations is brought to you by Desbury Tropical Avocados, family owned and operated growers and distributors of the very finest tropical avocados and produce. So I've, I, 
I have dealt with, like most women have, I have dealt with my fair share of misogyny and all of that stuff. And it's annoying, but it's kind of just the way it is. And I don't mean to minimize it, but oh. I'm not the kind of person who gets my knickers in a lot about it either. Um, in part because, you know, going back to, I'm just kind of direct and things roll right off my back. So if anyone has ever said anything to me that I find offensive, I can turn it into a joke. I can also give it right back. So um, I have found personally that if I don't get offended and if I just stand up for myself and give it back, um, that commands respect. So, you know, I'm five foot three. I'm, you know, but you're a ninja. I'm not... <laughs> you're, you're a tall five three. You're a tall five three. <laughs> I do wear tall shoes a lot. But where was I going with that? It was all about, you know, stature, your physical stature, whether you're male or female to me doesn't really matter. It is force of character. Right. <laughs> and so I have never really felt at, to be at a disadvantage um, in a male-female world. And so whether it's, you know, women in agriculture or women in, in any business, uh, I've never felt held back. That's um, good. That's great. Yeah, so I, I so my my perspective hasn't really changed over the course of my of my career. It's be yourself, be bold, don't let anybody hold you back. You're, you know, most people are being held back by themselves more than anything else. Well, for sure. Get out I mean, of your own way. Well, self <laughs> self doubt self doubt has killed many a good idea, right? Right. Right, and the fear and the fear of taking that next step. I mean, we're on a path. We don't know what our path is, but fear can fear can alter your path. Right. To answer your question differently, yes, fear can alter your path, but there, I, I'm encouraged to see so many programs encouraging women to find their voice, connect, because I know I'm not the norm. So, especially women who are mothers um, tend to have a completely different set of challenges than someone like myself does. So, right, being a working mom, I don't, I don't, I don't know how working moms do it. I, 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 I couldn't do it. So it's nice to see that there's programs, whether it's through, you know, the PMA Center for, for Growing Talent or from SEPC Southern Roots Program. Um, there, are, there are wonderful ways that the industry is embracing women who are coming up through the industry and giving them a platform and a voice and a connectivity that I participate in. And because I see the value, maybe not for me, but for others. And uh, so I am very encouraging. I love it. So let me ask this question then. If you, I mean, if, what advice would you give a young person today, you know, to establish themselves in a the marketing field, you know, or choosing the, this for their profession? In the marketing field, um, study the basics first, for one thing. is it, It's mm -hmm. great to know all about how Instagram works and the algorithms on social media, uh, but that that is a very teeny tiny portion of what marketing is all about. So right. um, put your phone down, get off Instagram, get off TikTok, and 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 understand, under, learn about strategy. And and so that really starts with business. And and so learn about the business goals. I think it helps to have a background in finance. I think it helps to be able to read a profit and loss statement and understand what a balance sheet is. I think it helps to understand all of the different departments in an organization and how they work together uh, so that the marketing can accomplish those goals. Because marketing is to build brands, build business, you know, communicate 
communicate to your target audiences to in, in order to encourage an action. You know, like right. there's a call to action, whether it's a shift in mindset or a shift in, in action, actually what someone is doing, marketing needs to accomplish those types of goals. It's not for the sake of being pretty or being entertaining. Right. And so I don't, I don't think you can be good at your job in marketing unless you understand business first. Great advice. I love that. I, I really do. You know, your words are inspiring. And I think your words are going to inspire some people to think a little bit about their own trajectory. And I, and I appreciate that. But who inspires you? Right. What inspires Karen? What gets Karen? Depends on the day. <laughs> exactly. Um, I get inspired by artists. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I love dance. I love music. And so I think that uh, artists and all of the the devotion that you have to like, you no know, one is an overnight sensation, right? Even the overnight sensations have been working at it mostly for a lifetime before mm-hmm. they have a breakthrough. And that sort of dedication and grit is uh, really inspiring to me. So, you know, whether you're a ballerina or you're a musician who, you know, started to learn how to play the piano or the guitar when you were a child and that you're finally as an adult, you're, you've brought that to life in in some sort of a career or, or a hobby that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. That's really inspiring to me from a business perspective. um, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. Spanx. Amazing. Uh, I just love her authenticity and her willingness yeah. to put her her life out there, whether it's on you know LinkedIn or or Instagram. You kind of see the messiness of her everything out there, which is encouraging. She doesn't try to sugarcoat how hard things were for her or mm-hmm. what she did to break through. She's very open um, to sharing her expertise and her experience in as a way to encourage others. I really like that. That's cool. Who else? Anybody else? How about, you know, family wise or anybody that, that, you know, that you looked up yeah, to that? Well, my grandpa, um, my great grandpa, well, my grandpa too, but my great grandfather, he's a twin uh, and he left Italy in the 1900s uh, with his five kids and took the whole family to America. You know, hadn't been there, didn't know what he was getting into, left his whole you know, extended family, including his twin brother and everybody behind and took um, the Nardoxa family to New York. Uh, And then we kind of scattered from there. And I just think that kind of adventuresome, God, that took balls. I mean, can you imagine? Sometimes I'm afraid to try a new Pilates class or something. I mean, much less, you know, pack up my entire family, get on a boat to a country I'd never seen before, you know, to, to hopefully have a better life. I, that, that is really inspiring. And I mean, many of us are immigrants here. Most of us here yeah. are, are immigrants. Um, you know, I'm a third generation American or second, yeah, third generation uh, Italian American, but I still feel, um, my heartstrings pulled by my family back in Italy. And in 2007, um, we went to Italy for the first time, my husband and I, and he found a guide uh, who specialized in helping Italian Americans find their long lost families. And I was actually able to find my, my cousins and my aunts and uncles still in the little town where my great grandfather had. What what was the name of the town? Avigliano. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say that because I'll speak. Uh, it's in the Basilicata. I spent half my life saying your name wrong. I'm not trying that one. Well, I have a little bit more to that story that's really Please. cool. Okay, first yeah, of all, yeah. my, my Italian family has a dairy. They make cheese. 
And so they're in the fresh, they're in the fresh food industry food as well. At my uncles, um, Giuseppe and Francesco, um, are hobby farmers, and there's a little town where they do all of their growing, and they grow peppers and grapes, and they make their own wine. The little town that they do all of their hobby farming in is Salinas. Salinas. Shut Italy. up. I am. Not, you? How can you make that up? <laughs> That's so cool. And it was so weird when we were sitting around the dining table with them in Avigliano talking about that, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we grow this and we grow that," and they said in this little town called Salinas, and I went, "Wait, what? What? What?" <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. What a what a great what a great way to um, you know almost come full circle in some ways to what you talked about earlier about your great grandpa coming here and the risk and yeah. going to someplace you have no idea where you're going you don't have any there's no Google Maps there is nothing there's right it's no, whatever whatever you can carry whatever's in your pocket is what you have there's no trip advisor or anything no. telling you what it's going to be like when you get there you just gotta that was really cool. That's a great right. story. Thank you for sharing. That's that's really I dig that. And the Salinas, Salinas, Italy. That's kind of a trip too. That's a pretty small. I no doubt. <laughs> I, I know um, one of the areas that that you're that, that you like, and I know it's a big part of you are quotes. And I'm always into talking to people oh, about gosh. quotes that they like and stuff. And and when I and I get them from you, and I've seen them, and you post them, and you've got your own. And I mean, you know. When I asked, I said, "Well, give me a quote." You sent me fifteen, so I, you know, which I know. And so, which indecision. No, 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 the best part was about it is that I said, "Okay, well, I picked out mine, right?" That I thought about, and I know that she said, "So, give me one. Give me the one of the, the you know, the ones that you have, the ones that you like that really to, kind of touches you or kind of fires you up a little bit." Okay. And I'll share, so and, I'll I, share I, and I'll share mine for later. Okay. All right. So, well, I, well, it will be interesting if we pick the same one, but I did narrow it down to my top five. Um, I think the one I'm feeling most today is where focus goes, energy flows. flows. Yeah. And I am all about the energy and believing in someone's energy. You can shift someone's energy. You can shift your own uh, putting positive vibes and positive energy out into the world just comes back to you. And, and so that energy isn't just, isn't just it's, California hippie shit. It is, right. it's, it's inspiring. It is real. It is. And it yeah. works. And I had a, I had a little chit chat with myself earlier in the week or last week. I was like, okay, girl, you need to shift your energy. You've kind of gotten into a funk and this week has been completely different. I shifted yeah. my energy and it has come back to me in spades. And so, yeah, I, love I focused it. I on shifting right. my energy and, 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 and it turned around. So that I have mine right here. I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you later. All right. Later. I have it right here. Um, but it's not the same one. So that's good. Interesting. Otherwise it would kind of, kind of like be anticlimactic at this point. <laughs> Tell me something, you know, and, and um, when we were chatting, you know, about doing this, you shared something with me that was deeply touching to me a little bit, and you went into some great detail, and and I asked you again if, you know, you wanted to talk about it, and you said, yeah, yeah. you would. Share something about you that people don't know. Well, a lot of people know that I don't have children, but right. not a lot of people know that that was a choice. I mean, there are right. many women and couples who want to have children and can't, um, that was not my situation. I, right. uh, I, I didn't think that I could do it. Um, and I don't mean that from, I didn't think that I had what it took to be a mother. I, I didn't think that I had enough 
energy in me and enough um, to give everything that I could to a child as well as to the business. So I have always been very business focused, Mm -hmm. very goal oriented and achievement oriented, not for the sake of fame or glory, but I've always wanted to do big things. And I didn't think that I could do that and raise children because that's where I would be. If, if I had decided to have children, I would be all in. I mean, I am all well, that's, in. I that's am you. A thousand percent into whatever it is that I'm doing. Uh, so I knew that, if, you know, for myself, the personal choice would be um, to give up my business goals and dreams because I'd want to be the best mom that I could be to my kids ever. So um, that was just something that I'd opted out of pretty early on right. uh, in order to focus in other areas. But but it is one of the reasons that I feel so strongly about mentorship and lifting others up, especially those on my team, especially more junior people on my team, but really everybody on my team. I'm very mama bear, very protective, very supportive. It doesn't always seem that way. I think sometimes it seems like tough love and criticism, um, but it's because I care. And it's because um, I see a lot of people come onto my staff with self-doubt or um, lacking the education or the experience to take them to the next level. And I am all about encouraging them to believe in themselves and getting the education or the additional skills that they need and helping them get where they want to go. Um, to accomplish their goals and to feel better about themselves. So I guess in a sense where I'm not a mom, in fact that I haven't had my own children, um, I feel like a mom to the nine people on my staff and to a lot mm -hmm. of other people who are in my community who touch my heart. All right. Well, you know so, what? Thank you. Thank you for the bravery and honesty and sharing that because, you know, when I read it, I was moved by it and I thought, wow, this is, you know, this is a deep thought that. Thanks. Do you really want to go? Do you really want to go and tell people this? And I think it's so, um, you know, I'm sure there's criticism that comes with that decision from some, sure. right? Yeah. And and if you want to share that, that's great. If you don't, I'm not going to put you on the spot about it. But I mean, I'm sure the criticism comes from that decision. But in the same token, um, the reasoning why is exactly who your personality is. You are all in. You are all about that. You are all, you know, that's what I love about you is that you know where you stand. And if you say go, you know, there's no finish until you cross the finish line because right. that's just the MO. And I think that that it was pretty brave of you and, and, and wise of you to take that moment of pause and reflect upon where you wanted to go. So I just, you know, I appreciate you sharing that story. I think people out there that are, are thinking or are in that same mindset are probably going to be appreciative of your words as well. And those that want to criticize, they can suck it. I have really, I have absolutely been criticized. Like a, a, a business leader in the Monterey Peninsula area, um, who was you know a colleague, not even a close colleague. Uh, we were at a business lunch one day, and he pulled me aside and said, "It's really a shame that you haven't had children. It really was your obligation as a professional, well-educated woman to have children and to." And to, I was flabbergasted, like. Who says something? Who says well, something? Yeah, like that? that is good. just so. That's I mean, crazy. I assume that if he said it, other people have thought it and just not said it. I've also heard people in the community um, say, you know, the the caliber of someone at the end of their life is you can judge someone based on how they've raised their children. And I've kind of been left thinking, well, where does that leave me? If that's if that's how the world is judging, judging, that's how the world is judging people. 
what about all of all of my contributions? You know, that right. what do they mean? Yeah. And so I wish that I, I wish that we were more accepting and encouraging as a society um, of those who have chosen to be childless and realize that everybody's path is unique and um, parenthood isn't for everybody, but that that doesn't mean that we don't have a lot to give. And I, Absolutely. I, know, I know that I have a lot to give and continue oh, yeah. to give it a lot of love and encouragement. Um, I love it. And, okay. and, and you know what, if you really, you can have my kids, they're old and out of warranty, but fuck, you can <laughs> out take of warranty? Them. Yeah, you can have them. Bring them. I was like, bring them. I will take them. <laughs> All right, let's shift gears. I'll let's ruin them. You might not want them back, uh, but I'll take them. <laughs> Karen, they're my kids. They're already ruined. Trust me. <laughs> let's shift gears and have a little bit of fun. Let's play some trivia. You want to have just, let's lighten up a little, a little bit and get some smiles. I'm going to throw a little okay. TLC trivia. You're paying for cash and prizes. Uh, yeah, no, you're playing for, you're not playing for anything. So don't worry about it. Okay, a little here. All right. You ready? Here we go. Mm -hmm. What, what, what was your favorite toy growing up? Oh gosh. I had a stuffed animal, um, Rolly from 101 Dalmatians. He went with me everywhere. I love it. I love it. What person, <laughs> what, what personality trait has got you in the most trouble? My mouth. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Right. How about, all right, here's a good one. Who's your favorite superhero? uh wonder woman uh, that's a good one yeah wonder woman i like that that's the first wonder woman I, I mean i don't ask these questions all the time but that was the first wonder woman i've got that's a good one i like it what's something on your bucket list oh gosh i would like to go to all seven continents and so i've, I've got a long way to go i love to travel so yeah I've been to Europe. I have not yet been to Asia. I've been to South America, but you know, I've got, um, I've got a long way to go. So well, that's why it's on your bucket list though. It is. Got to well, work on it. Gosh, so COVID, COVID is really slowing me down too. I was supposed to go to New Zealand in March and that trip got canceled. So no, no chance of that. that. To get back on. Uh, that's what, that would be a bucket list place for me to go to. I think that would be very cool. Yeah, Cause I think that's where the Lord of the Rings are. I think you could just go oh, there and run around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be very cool. I'm going what, to the Shire. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. We get the, Hey, we get done with this, this, this broadcast. I'm going to the Shire too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love you, Todd. <laughs> so let's tell me, tell me one thing. You tell me one thing you would take to a deserted island. And you can't say a bottle of wine because you'll run out. So you got to come oh, up with something better. Right. Um, I would you take can say two bottles of wine. Take a book. Gosh, All right, that's cool. Yeah, I, I love to read. I just that's one thing that I don't have a lot of time to do anymore. I'm reading all the time, but to stay on top of my craft and what's going on in the industry. And um, I love to read. I love to get lost in a great story. I love you know, it. That's a great it. way to travel without leaving your couch. Oh, for sure. You know, I got to tell you, I am such a fan. Like I said, I'm a fanboy. Um, yeah. I, I think that you are. are your perspective on life is just so refreshing and amazing. And, and the way you tackle these questions, I know is exactly the way you tackle your day every day. And you are an inspirational person and you uplift people and you certainly have me, you certainly have me. So before I ask you my final question, I'm going to share with you my quote for you, which is actually off of your stuff, which nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. And that's what I think about when I think of you. Um, is that you're all in and you're all in all the time, which is why I believe your company is so successful and why I believe that 
um, you're going to continue that success is because of the fact that you believe in that every day. And, and to me, I think that is just super cool. So I thank you for being my friend, but I thank you for your contributions that you're making every day that people don't see um, and the contributions that you have made that people have no idea that you actually did, which I think is what's very, very cool, especially around the brands that you've helped create and help launch. So I do have one, I do have one final question I want to throw at you though, before we okay. end our time. If you can go back in time and talk to teenage Karen uh, and you could give her some advice right now about the challenges that lie ahead for her, what would you tell her? I would tell her to go for it. And the thing is she would think that she was go, going for it the whole time, but she was letting fear hold her back and she didn't realize it. So yeah, stop being afraid, feel the fear, do it anyway, go, go for it. You only live once. Yeah. Go for it. Uh, I can't top that. I got nothing even to say to that other than <laughs> boom, drop the mic, right? <laughs> Powerful. Thank you. Karen, thank, thank you. you from the bottom of my heart for coming and hanging out with me and chatting it up and, and sharing your heart with everybody and telling people who you are Fun. and what you're about. Cause that's what it's about, right? It's really about the people behind the brands are just as important as the brands themselves. And you can't build a brand without the right people. So thank you. Thank you for hanging thank out. Thank you mm -hmm. for being my friend. Thanks for doing it. And you're invited back. Let's keep it doing. Let's get right. to a market. Love it. Let's well, do a market. I love what you're doing with conversations. This was a ton of fun. You made it a ton of fun. And I appreciate you and what you give to the industry. And thank you for being my friend also. Uh, I appreciate that. Everybody, thank you for hanging out with us. We really do appreciate it. Um, we'll see you next time. And uh, go make it a great day. Go inspire somebody. Do something good for people today. You'll make yourself feel better and you'll make them feel great. Do so it with forget. enthusiasm. Damn right. Do it with enthusiasm. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Be good. See ya. Bye. Well, I told you I was as fired up as a fifth grader with the National Geographic with that interview. Karen is really something. Um, you know, her honesty, her openness is uh, to be commended. She shared a lot. She shared a lot from her heart. She shared, gave a lot of life lessons. And she also gave you some good skill lessons when it comes to marketing, what you need to be thinking about. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, and I appreciate you watching. Don't forget to check us out on the social sites, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff, TLC underscore Todd Versation, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, what else? All the podcast sites. We're everywhere. We're all over the globe. Uh, this broadcast is just blowing me away, the amount of countries that we're in and the people that we're unpacking and touching every day. It's very cool. Don't forget to check us out on the video portion on YouTube. Um, Come share your story. Come hang out with us. Let's go inspire people. That's what we need to do in this world more of. And uh, I just really, truly, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Be good. Thanks a lot. And go inspire somebody today. It's really important. Take care.